And um, so that's the thing, if you can't afford to do things, just think outside the box. What what things can you give up? Um, what things can you sacrifice that you don't mind doing for the for the long term? Um, so actually, yeah, so actually giving up on paying rent was a huge factor that actually allowed me to um, to to afford uh, my my early steps. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Do I Need School to Be? A podcast in which me, Alex, is going to sit down with people in the creative field and I'll ask them questions about their journey here, more specifically about their education, how they learned their trade, who were their mentors, what books influenced them, and hopefully find some answers that can maybe guide you in your creative journey. Everybody's different and we all learn in different ways. So of course, we're all gonna take different paths and all are valid. In this show, I am celebrating any type of education and any type of teacher that taught you a lesson because anything can be a teacher. My guest this week is Josh Savage. Yes, you heard it here. Josh is one of the few people in my guest roster who I've actually met in real life. I first saw him play at a Sofar Sounds in Hamburg. I saw him again in Hamburg, then I saw him in Rotterdam. I've seen him play a bunch of times. He's a super talented artist and a really nice guy. You'll hear in this episode. He is very passionate about his music, very passionate about community and about experimenting and a genuinely nice human being. I hope you enjoy listening to me talking to. I hope you have fun. Okay, so funny, fun story, everyone listening to this podcast. We had been talking for 15 minutes and the recording was not going. So just to to give you a, a fun, a fun introduction, uh, I'm talking today with Josh Savage, who is a singer songwriter from England, but he lives in Berlin and he was raised in Paris. If you want to learn more about that, you can listen to all his songs. You have made a lot of love songs to Paris and to traveling around the world and Mexico as well yeah yeah Mexico so actually I want to I want to ask you about the experience that how Mexico was a teacher to you because you have a song dedicated to your experience in Mexico and how it changed your mindset I that's actually one of the questions that I want to make you so sorry for that maybe you can tell people again well we can start we can start again if you want I I don't mind yeah, but I it's just I, I want to include these parts in the podcast because podcasts sometimes make you think like, oh, everything is perfect. It's like, no, it wasn't. It happened. <laughs> True. I'm gonna show you after this the music for the um that a friend of mine made me music for the podcast. Right, nice. And it's so goofy. And I think it's gonna go perfect with this part of the podcast. So fantastic. Please tell people who you are and what you do. So my name is Josh Savage. I'm an indie pop singer-songwriter from the UK, uh, based in Berlin. And I uh, basically create music. I used to tour a lot, but obviously that's not really an option anymore. So focusing more on just um, writing songs and releasing them at the moment. And you have been doing this for 10, or 10 years since you finished your formal education. So how did you get here? And yeah, uh-huh. what can you tell us about that? So I, um, so I started in the classical world first. Um, my mum forced me to take piano lessons from the age of four, which I, um, which I hated and eventually stopped. But actually, I chose to um, pick up the lessons again, which uh, was a 
game changer because I did it out of, of choice, not because I felt like I had to. And then I started to really love music and pick up other instruments like trumpet, guitar, and uh, eventually singing. And uh, but the, the turning point for me was I got um, uh, scouted to sing for a choir in France um, where I grew up and I uh, got really good classical training there which eventually led me to uh, be part of the National Children's Choir of Great Britain when I moved to the UK and I toured Australia and New Zealand from the age of 12 which was a really valuable experience and <clears throat> then when my voice broke I kind of felt like I was starting all over again and I was influenced by bands like Razor Light, Coldplay and Snow Patrol and I started to write my own songs. And then after that, I did a classical music degree at the University of York where I started playing in bands. And um, then I took a gap year where I just wanted to play music and gig basically, which I did do, uh, but it went so well. I, I thought I'm just gonna do one more year and then another year and then 10 years later or so, I'm, I'm still doing it, which is incredible. That's the dream. That's the dream to be like making your own music and pushing it through. Exactly. And you also told me, like, so I asked you about what effect formal education had on you, because I think there is this debate in the music industry, whether you actually need formal education and go to conservatory and have teachers, because you can learn so many things online. You can just download a software and just mix your own tracks. And so I wanted to ask you, like, what effect did formal education had on you? Well, for me, um, for example, learning a lot about the classical stuff is was really important just to know how things work and um, figuring figuring stuff out on my own, um, which was really valuable and um, a lot faster um, with your progression. Um, but I feel like the education definitely makes you um, enjoy it more and um, and learn a lot faster. Like, for example, I'm trying to get more into production. So I don't have to rely on other people as much, um, especially in, in the midst of a pandemic. And um, so I've, I've actually hired um, a friend to, to go through um, learning Ableton because um, I, I used to do um, other doors like Pro Tools and Logic. But um, Ableton for me, I really want to learn because it's very, very good for creative flow, which is what I'm all about, basically. And it's just so much more fun. I, I mean, I tried to uh, learn, teach it myself throughout uh, this second lockdown and I was just banging my head against the wall because, I mean, it's depressing being in lockdown anyway and I just didn't have much motivation. So I think having someone to keep you accountable is really important because otherwise, if you don't have deadlines and stuff like that, you never really make things work. That's so true, especially with Netflix. Like you say like, yeah, I'm going to do this lesson, but wait, oh, there damn it my new show just came out on netflix i have to binge it it's i have to i yeah. have to know exactly and it's uh just that discipline is is really hard to sustain um but i think I've, i've learned a lot about that over the years being independent and and not having a boss but like me being my own boss and actually just I think not overworking is key as well. Um, that's something I used to do where I just cr try and cram in so much in one day. And of course, I'd stress myself out and then the next day would be a write-off. So actually just giving yourself um, realistic goals throughout your day so that, um, so that the next day you're inspired to work still. I think having that inspiration and 
and working because you love it is really important to maintain. Um, so for example, my schedule at the moment is I get up, I go for a walk or I write or I read in the first few, few hours that I w um, wake up and I have a coffee. So I basically kind of, I, I, uh, what's the word? I kind of su seduce myself out of bed by promising myself a coffee, <laughs> which I've recently got addicted to. And, um, that way it gets me out of bed and then I start work at 10 and, and work until six, basically. Um, that's what I try to maintain anyway. Obviously, um, I'm not perfect, <laughs> but, um, but yeah. That sounds like such an, as a nice routine. So quick question, like outside of the topic, how do you drink your coffee? Uh, I have it uh, Americano black or um, espresso. Nice. And which method do you use to for, to make your coffee? Well, I'm a noob. Uh, I I used to be a massive tea drinker, but actually, coffee is what um, get kept me sane in in the lockdown because I used to live alone, and the only human contact I had was with a with a barista. <laughs> so the only way I was able to speak to another human being was to drink coffee, which I hated at the time. But I was so desperate for for some <laughs> form of social contact, so I was so I, I'm still new. But basically, I I just make French press at home, uh, but I tend to just in order to get me out of the house, I just just buy an americano basically next door. Nice. I think so many people related to you right now. It's like my only human contact was the barista. Yeah, honestly. Um, <laughs> so, and I just talk shit, but basically, but yeah. <laughs> It's the but, only thing I could do. So. Hey, it happens. It happens. Lady Corona, you know, she has been a cruel mistress to us all. Yeah, for sure. But going back to the topic of education. So before we, we started not recording the first part of this interview, you were telling me that you have a little studio now and you have been learning a lot about acoustics and how to set it up properly. How have you been learning that? So that I, I just looked online. And the beauty of YouTube, it's amazing what you can learn on it. Um, it's absolutely incredible. And um, so I learned all about the physics of um, soundproofing my room so I could work efficiently in it. And um, and I'm so happy with it, actually. My, um, um, I actually managed to afford my studio because of my Patreons. Um, and uh, I, I like two years worth of pa uh, patronship, uh, which I was able to invest in kind of keeping me through the pandemic. And I... Um, And yeah, I've just got this gorgeous studio with an upright piano that I got a hundred for hundred euros and stuff like that. The and, beauty of uh, Berlin. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's fantastic. <laughs> um, and uh, where was I going with, with this? Yeah, um, YouTube and um, but actually, what's um? Sorry, I've got a hair in my mouth. Perfect use. Um, perfect view. People will know. It's like help them visualize. Give them yeah. visuals. I have a hair in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that um sorry where was i going with that I got, I got um uh, we were talking about how you learned to soundproof your room and then you told us about your patreons and how they helped you have access yeah. to all these things and f for me that's crucial because um i mean i i don't want to i can work with other people for recording stuff like that and and i had a bit of work as a as um, a vocal session uh session player and And I could just record that on my mic and set up here, which is pretty handy. And um, but yeah, but with um, with with some stuff, it's it's really useful just to have a mentor and someone just to keep you on par. And 
and actually the, the classical education that I have is really valuable for me because I think it's that's one of the main things that actually makes me stand out still um I do wish I was better production and actually started on on the kind of computer side of things but actually the fact that I have this knowledge of how things work on the piano how things work on the guitar is so valuable and um and actually some um a way I've been getting by financially is actually getting in, into teaching again um and because that's something I actually love doing and I'm very good at um it's not something I um mind doing at all nice and I want to talk about I want to talk about you as a teacher actually in a, a little bit later but first I want to know about your teachers like who are the people that had an influence on you that you're making something you're making a song you're writing and you hear their voice in the back of your head or their advice or maybe something they told you that challenged you and by the way by teacher I it can be anything so in the podcast I try to put in the broadest sense of the word so a book can be a teacher mm. or an experience can be a teacher and you have an entire song dedicated to Mexico to <laughs> your, your tour in Mexico and how that changed your perspective and made those creative juices flow again. So who are your teachers? Was Mexico a teacher? How long we got? How long we got? Uh, damn, this is a short form of podcast, so. <laughs> Gosh. Okay, well, let's start. Which was your favorite taco? Which was your favorite food in Mexico? Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, That's a I'm, whole other podcast, but I like I'm to gonna bring that. I'm going to go straight over drinks, but horchata. Oh, yeah. With, I wish I could find somewhere good in Berlin with that. Food-wise, gosh, um, I mean, I just, I just bloody loved it. All. I, I loved um, Poli con Moyo. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I'm such yeah. a chocolate face, so. So good, so, so good. I am that, excited about yeah. going to Mexico and like eating, just eating. That's what I'm going for. I'm so jealous. Well, <laughs> have a great time for me. I'll send you a pack of tortillas, don't worry. Uh, but yeah, teachers, um... Well, actually, my grandfather was a huge teacher for me. He was, um, he was a character. He he um, he often just randomly muttered poetry to himself um, whilst he was like passing out with a glass, of, whilst he was like clenching to a glass of wine in his hand, and um, and we loved him so much. And anyway, he and a lot of his poetry kind of merged onto me and my sister. And he um, he introduced me to. <clears throat> some amazing poets like W.B. Yeats and, or Yeats rather, and Samuel Beckett. And <clears throat> actually the the song that, um, well, the, the the quote that inspired my song Lost in Paris was a Samuel Beckett quote that my grandfather in, introduced me to, which was, um, ever failed, no, it's ever tried, ever failed, no matter, try again, fail again, fail better. And that's and the song is basically about me diving into the the music dream. And obviously, I'm very much against the odds because I think any artist it's really difficult to make ends meet and to make it last. And so, and obviously, I was just starting out, and I had a lot of friends and family going, "Oh, you shouldn't really do it. You should just do something more sensible." <laughs> And uh, I, so I guess I was inspired by that at the time. And for me, I always wanted to move back to Paris. Um, but I, for me, it wasn't really the best place for, for music. And so I wrote that song um, where I just kind of said, well, I'm just going to try this dream. And if I fail, then um, 
I'm just going to keep failing. And worst case scenario, I'll just um, lose myself in Paris and um, spend my life there, which is actually an amazing plan B for me. So um, so that was one. Uh, there's also an amazing book called The War of Art, which is kind of um, formed like the book The Art of War, which is an old Chinese um, proverb of a book. And but it's really clever. It's a really short book, which talks about resistance and overcoming your resistance and staying creative. That's a fantastic book. Um, there's an other one called. Um, oh, another one is uh, nonviolent communication. I, I can't remember who the authors are, by the way, but actually nonviolent communication was um, a fantastic one for learning how to work with other people and also how to build relationships in a healthy and long-lasting manner and not just work relationships but also um close relationships as well <clears throat> and i just have such a long list but yeah my grandfather was a, a great influence also my choir master who just always believed in me and and um and helped me through uh in just developing as a, as a singer um also the lead singer of of snow patrol he actually discovered me on spotify and reached out to me and that was incredible because his band bloody inspired me to write songs that's the dream have, and to have one of your idols just reach out to you was incredible because i just moved to berlin as well at the time and i was like why the hell have i done this this was such a stupid mistake and uh, it wasn't but you know when your dad kind of get the better of you and and that was just incredible for me just to kind of keep me going and and um and it was just so inspirational and he, he was just like my mentor at the time and put me in uh in contact with some really amazing people and and just to have that was very surreal as well and kind of made it all worth it um and uh but f for me mexico was a huge teacher as well because at the time I was struggling in London, I was living in a warehouse with 14 people with bed bugs, um, uh, doing, doing two to three part-time jobs. And I was just wearing myself out. And out of the blue, I got this email um, by this Mexican guy called Alfredo going, hey, I love your music. Come play in Mexico. And I was like, yeah, well, uh, easier said than done. <laughs> I was like, just book my flights and I'll be there. Not expecting anything of it and uh next thing i know he, he booked the bloody flights and uh i found myself going to mexico and uh uh sleeping on his sofa and playing shows that he organized and and for me that was just incredible to find all these listeners and meeting them in the flesh and and uh, i played to 200 people um at the Itam University, I think it's called. Yeah, Itam. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, and just the people in Mexico, they're absolutely beautiful people. And I don't think I'd, I'd met nicest people in the world, um, which for me was such a contrast because living in London, if you make eye contact with someone, you're seen as a weirdo because everyone's so cold with each other because I think there's so many people in London. Everyone just hates people. They just can't stand them. <laughs> Whereas Mexico was just completely the opposite. They just love people. Um, 
so yeah anyway i could keep going but i feel like i'm just going on a massive run <laughs> no but it's great because it shows that there is the different ways to learn and sometimes opportunities just present to you and you have to learn also that like what opportunities you should take and what can you take away from each opportunity and For sure. And it's a diverse education that you have had from having formal to having mentors to then having your friend teach you to then just having an entire country, an entire population passively teach you. Teach you. Yeah, 100%. And I, I feel the best thing I've ever learned is just trust, trusting people and and also just also being organized. I feel like chess has been a great teacher for me as well because it's taught me how to think a few moves ahead and to always have a few stra strategies at, at the go. So, for example, when I was going out crashing at, on people's sofas on my living room tours and things like that, I always had a uh, a plan B <clears throat> just in case um, things went to pot. Yeah. And that was really important, just knowing that you have that second security. <clears throat> yeah, that's always good. Just have a backup plan. Just have you never know a, a pandemic could erupt at any second clearly yeah. i th i i think but always act optimistically but have that realistic backup as well nice and how has all these collection of experience influenced you as a teacher because now you are back to teaching because you love it and what type of teacher are you are you super critical are you let's go and let's learn together what, what how are you teaching The way I teach is that it has to be fun and I try to just translate my love of what I teach more than anything. I feel like <clears throat> more than anything, I can only guide the way. I can't do the work for people and that for in so the best thing I can do is just make it fun and in that way my pupils are more likely to work harder in their own time. So I'm not I'm I'm going to be that person to keep people accountable, but I'm not going to be the one getting angry at people because at the end of the day, I can't force it out of them. And, and if they don't want to do it, then that's, that's their, that's their problem really. And, um, and they know that. So, um, and actually the book nonviolent communication taught me that a lot as well. So um, yeah, I think it's just really important to just, keep it fun, keep it creative and just always just testing your boundaries and just making it just slightly outside your comfort zone. There's an amazing Bowie quote actually, <clears throat> which um, taught me a lot with my music um, and exploration. I'm, I'm going to find it because otherwise I'll absolutely butcher it. I've got it in my notes somewhere. Uh, 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 uh. Oh yeah, here we go. So Bowie says, if you feel safe in the area you're working in, you're not working in the right area. Always go a little further into the water than you feel you're capable of being in. Go a little bit out of your depth. And when you don't feel that your feet are quite touching the bottom, you're just about in the right place to do something exciting. That's so powerful and so <laughs> yeah. true. It's incredible. And for me, I think that's definitely something I've learned just to do with just my music direction as well because I used to be very folky acoustic and I kind of got a bit bored of that and and I just I just keep pushing myself just outside my comfort zone and that's what I try to translate to the people I um, teach as well. 
And I can attest to that. If you look at the first songs that you have, like you have very, they're all very different, especially the new ones. Yeah. If you could, for example, like Lost in Paris, then you go to Golden Years, and then you go to your latest versions, you see a growth and you see a difference. Yeah. And it's always you. It always feels like you. It just feels like your curiosity really translates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Exactly. Um, I I just have to keep exploring. I think I'm I'm a I'm an explorer and a romantic more than anything, and and that's what I guess I'm just gonna keep doing with the music as well. <clears throat> that's really great. And that's a really great lesson to give to the listeners. Just like stay always a little bit uncomfortable, a little yeah. bit in the place that you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. That's great. It's great that you don't know what you're doing right exactly. now. Yeah. Because um, that's the thing. Actually, failing is one of the best teachers as well. If um, To get to where I've come to now, I've failed a lot, but I've learned a lot from those failures. And... Um, that's the best way to make sure you don't make those mistakes again, you know? So my camera went out just now, but I'm still here. I can still hear you. Um, the next thing that I want to ask you is, so you have your Patreon. And first of all, I love the names that you have on your Patreon. I think your last name lends perfectly to the tribe that you're building. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, how do you learn about Patreon or how, who introduced you to it? And how is the progress of learning how to build a community? Because Patreon requires a tighter community. Yeah. Um, there was a guy called Nate Maingard that I met along the, the scene who uh, has been a massive advocate of it. And um, he'd been doing that for some time. And I, I knew about it forever. And I just couldn't bring myself to, <laughs> to do it, basically, because um, I just felt like it was begging for money and and um and i felt like it was a bit cringe but <clears throat> i think in this era I, I don't think artists have a choice especially musicians because our income used to um revolve around selling cds and and downloads and things like that and now that just isn't the case now there's uh spotify and streaming which are also great things because i feel like they're a better version of monetizing um, illegal downloads that are happening like LimeWire and stuff. And actually a lot of people discovered my music because of Spotify, yet still the um, the streams just aren't fair. Apparently they all go to the labels. And and um, so, yeah, basically I can't really rely on um, <clears throat> the recording side of things for income. And um, then I used to survive on the live aspect of music which now isn't an option anymore either so and selling honey and selling honey yeah exactly gosh so i i um you, you know this but i i released my debut album literally the week after the pandemic started and um, so i have this table right here which consists of 500 vinyl that was i was that I was hoping to sell on tour, <laughs> but obviously can't go on tour. So, so it's acting as my table in, in my studio at the moment. Um, but there we are. But anyway, but um, but yeah. So Patreon um, is just an incredible tool, and for me, um, it's not even about the money, um, which is so essential right now. And I really appreciate the support. But I, I just love the community aspect and getting to know my my patrons and. And uh, like so, some of the tiers are where I literally have one-to-one -one Zoom chats with them, which is incredible because 
for me, I'm definitely um, one of those people I just want to get to know the fans as well because I just have that intimate connection with them. And I, I feel that is because I have these really intimate songs and the fact that my fans connect to that too, is, for me, is just absolutely incredible. Um, so I, I just love the community aspect of it. And, <clears throat> and, um, um, and yeah, I've lost my thread now. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. And I guess like to my final question is, what do you think about how creative education is changing? Because for a while before in Rome or in the Renaissance, it was go find a teacher, go shadow an artist and learn from them directly. And then we had institutions like conservatories in case of music or universities in case of other creative professions. <laughs> Yeah. And But now we also have the route of going on Patreon and finding, for example, a mentor or going on YouTube and learning from it. So how do you think this is changing? And do you think that at one point we will just go full on digital and forget everything else? Because that's it's a human connection also very important. Like you said, connecting to a community, being pushed by a mentor or a teacher, be held accountable. So how do you think that will develop in the future? That's a really good question. I... Um, for me, university right now is an interesting factor because I don't know how, I don't know if it's the best investment of money anymore. Um, for me, I really value my uni experience, but not because of the course, but because of the experience. Um, and that university experience allowed me to find myself and figure out what I wanted to do. And I feel that's the best thing that people get from uni. Uh, a lot of people don't actually follow their courses after they finish and graduate. They actually do a completely different topic in work. So I, I do wonder, and in, in England anyway, university is so expensive. I just I don't know if that would be my best advice to people anymore. I think I learned a lot from traveling as well to figure out what I wanted as well. <clears throat> and um and actually that money can be better invested i think for sure so um i think yeah i think if you know what you want to do i think you just definitely have to go for it from the get-go especially from your late teens early 20s just go for it because because you're never going to have this time over again and we let's face it we don't know who we are in our 20s and if you don't go out there and discover and make your mistakes early, you're never going to find out and probably have those regrets, regrets later on. So um, I think travel is an amazing teacher. And I think, yeah, if find and travel, go to um, network as best you can early and, yeah, pick up as many mentors as you go along. So I think... Um, this isn't something I advocate forever, but I think early on, just not having that problem of working for free is a huge teacher. Because if you think about it, if you're interning for someone or you're helping someone out for free, you are learning the ropes and that, and you're kind of getting education that way as well, which you, you don't have to pay for because you're doing the work. Um, that helps the, the teacher as well. Um, so, um, but obviously at some point you do need to kind of stand firm and know your value as well, which takes practice as well. Um, so I think it's just getting out there 
is the the best thing you can do and that the best teacher really I love that. And you propose so many valid points from the economical aspect that a lot of people think I cannot do what I want because I don't have the money to go to university. There are different yep. ways of learning. And now with the internet, you can find how, like if somebody wants to be a single songwriter, they can find you and connect with you through Patreon and you can tell them what steps you took or they can listen to this podcast and see what steps you took and just emulate those things. And yeah, that money is... It's, an ob it's a thing that's important, but yeah. how are you going to spend it? And personally, I think it's so unfair to ask an 18-year-old, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? They don't know who they are. I think even at 28, you don't know, to be honest. Exactly. And that constantly changes and that constantly evolves. And the things that you learn teach you something, like being dropped in a city that you don't know and be like, okay, how do I figure it out? You learn so much through those experiences. And yeah. if not from the city, from yourself. Exactly. And just be a sponge. Just take as much information as possible. Listen to all the podcasts um, and read all the books you can and just learn from other people. Actually, a big um, I think a big um, game changer for me as well was reading um, Ed Sheeran's autobiography, because I, I was wondering how the hell he um, started uh, things and a big thing for him was couch surfing actually, which is what inspired me to couch surf like I did because I've played up to 700 shows around the world and I didn't stay in fancy hotels or anything like that. I just stayed in friend, uh, strangers' homes and um, and I read that Ed Sheeran did that and then I was like, well, if he can do it, I can, I can do that. Yeah. Um, and um, so that's the thing. If you can't afford to do things, just think outside the box. What What things can you give up? Um, what things can you sacrifice that you don't mind doing for the for the long term? Um, so actually, yeah. So actually, giving up on paying rent was a huge factor that actually allowed me to um, to to afford uh, my my early steps. And it was also paying rent didn't really make sense at the time anyway because I, I bounced around so much. It just didn't make sense and. Um, And just, yeah, I think just thinking outside the box and just um, if it's been if it's been done before, it probably isn't the best thing to do any anymore. So actually a huge factor for me was so far sounds. Um, I caught onto it really early by just getting out there, playing every single gig I could, no matter if it was paid or not. And um, by discovering that community early, that allowed me to actually build my own so far sounds city and growing my community there and then that way i managed to know every so far sounds leader around the world and uh, i did that for free i did so far sounds i worked for so far sounds for two years um just hosting shows mostly in my mum's living room <laughs> and um and uh and that was a really valuable experience just to build my network because it was a great way to meet contacts and without having to travel because people came to us and uh and we just had concerts in our living room with incredible artists so that was valuable in that regard that is so interesting because a lot of creative people you will tell them work for free and they'll be like get away from me the cross sign never worked for free but there is a benefit you can get paid in networking options or you can get paid in experience or Let's face it, if, if you are in engineering and you get a chance to do an internship with Elon Musk and it's unpaid, do it. 
I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think the, the key message here is that you can be paid in something other than money. Exactly. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Josh. This has been a really great conversation. And yeah, hiccups in the beginning, hiccups in the beginning, but we, <laughs> we caught on. Everything like worked, worked well, at least from my side. Um, yeah. Is there anything you want to promote, like your Patreon or your album, that maybe your vinyls that are sitting there at the table right now? I mean, yeah. I mean, first up, check out, check out the music. Um, if you like it, then yeah. Um, um, I, there's a Patreon page if you want to support and there's different tiers for whatever level of support and rewards um as well but yeah at the moment i'm i'm trickling out my second album i'm releasing uh, every six weeks uh, a single every six weeks just now i just released compass in the dark uh, which is the third single and just released a music video of me out in the desert on youtube and uh, and yeah there's merch as well on uh, on my website joshsavagemusic.com and if things go well a tour finally <laughs> in october september october around the uk germany austria and switzerland um but yeah and if not then i'll just keep postponing it at the moment it's called the long the longer way round tour and that's because the debut al album's called the long way round um so because it's been postponed twice now it's called the longer way round and if <laughs> i have to postpone it again i guess i'm gonna have to call it the longest way round and then I guess I'm out of ideas after that, but I think this is going to be the one. So I uh, can't wait to t tour and with bands um, um, in in autumn. Yeah. Yeah. You should call that even longer way round before you call it the longest, <laughs> just in case, just in case. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'll link everything in the show notes and yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. This has been fun. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Before I do the conclusion, I wouldn't choose horchata, I would choose Jamaica. Yeah, I would choose Jamaica. It's my it's my preferred Mexican drink. But yeah, this was a really fun episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I my I guess my question to you would be, how, what have you learned if you have traveled? Even if you have traveled to the corner to get an ice cream or something, what have you learned in that trip? And If you have any fun stories to share to share with me, uh, just send send them out to me on Instagram. That's where I'm mostly active, and let's just share that little knowledge that you have that no one else has in this world because we're all learning all the time, right? Thank you, friend, for joining me today in this conversation. I hope you enjoyed it and that you picked up something from it. You'll find all the information to my guests' social media, to their website to the best way to contact them in the show notes as well as a transcript of this episode. Why I do transcripts? Because not everybody has English as their first language, a lot of people have disabilities, a lot of people just don't enjoy listening to podcasts, but maybe they want to read this conversation. So you'll find links to that in our website, which is also in the show notes as well as our social media handles and etc. And if you wish to support the podcast in any way, just send me a DM. They brighten up my day. They're so fun. And there's also a link if you want to buy me a coffee. I love coffee. That's also nice. And you can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And I think I'll make a newsletter. I'm honestly not sure. I'm still thinking about it. Maybe, maybe after episode 10, I'll figure it out. 
But yeah, anything you want to do to support us, we'll appreciate it. And I hope you have an amazing day. Keep learning and stay curious.